Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Trouble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Steve. How's it going, Steve? I'm doing well. It's It was an interesting viewing weekend, to say the least. <laughs> Are you uh, Michael Moriarty'd out? Um, you know, if I did cue the winged serpent second, I would say that, yes, I am totally Moriarty'd out. Um, and I will say, I will say, I, I don't know how these movies led to him getting Law and Order. I really don't. It's because clearly they're like, award-winning actor from the stuff, Michael Moriarty, <laughs> need him for <laughs> Law and Order. Uh, but uh, yeah, no Taylor this week. Although, uh, Steve, you've brought your friend Kevin. Yes, this is my pal Kevin, and uh, he's a filmmaker and a writer himself. He works deep in the film industry, has for a long time, and I met him through this glorious art of podcasting, and uh, welcome, Kevin. I'm so happy to have you on the show. It is a pleasure to be here. It is a pleasure to be here, guys. And you... You picked the one that because I kind of tweeted out a list of all the moves that we're going to be covering, and that still is on my Twitter if people want to find it and, and, and uh, throw their hat into joining the show. But you picked this movie in particular to join. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> which I, uh, I, saw, I saw all the selections you had, which included such classics as Ginger Snaps. Yes. And I wanted to talk about the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Because you know, nobody, not enough people talk about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Kurt. 100%. Absolutely, Kurt. Throw it away. Throw, give it. Give us what, what we're all talking about. Yeah, we're we're talking about the stuff, uh, which is this weird Larry Cohen movie that somehow <laughs> is amazing because it's both a satire of consumerism, but also it's about this alien question mark white goop that people package up and sell it to the masses and they get addicted and they turn into zombies and yeah that's the stuff that's the unofficial summary uh the official <laughs> summary is a lot more boring than that but uh the official summary of the stuff is a private detective investigates a new consumer taste treat that's absolutely delicious and just possibly lethal <laughs> possibly will hollow you out yes <laughs> Yes. Like when he's crushing the, when they they crush that guy's skull, like all the the plant workers, and they just kind of pop that guy's skull in to show that they're hollow. I was like, there was a kid standing there. Like, oh, but that's the problem though. Is that Jason's around for all of this? That's there's, yeah. there's a military raid at the end of this movie that somebody thought was a good idea to bring an eleven year old to, <laughs> and, it's, and it's not even until they're inside of the room and they've already seen all the dead bodies. They're like, hold on, take the kid out. He shouldn't see this. <laughs> it's a military raid. <laughs> I just want like after this movie, like this kid's gonna have to like recount all this to like some kind of psychiatrist just be like yeah yeah my parents got it my whole family got addicted to the stuff and they ended up dying and then 
some weird random dude took me to some phase and we ended up taking down some aliens and they're like okay like we're gonna put you on some like anti uh, <laughs> I mean, not, not even to mention that he brings the kid to effectively an execution at the end like <laughs> like that, that was this weird moment in the movie where i'm like you've been a hero up to this moment this is like this is intentional for you now you're bringing this kid in here to kill these two billionaires <laughs> i'm just i don't know <laughs> helps feed them too like oh my god what the fuck <laughs> Honestly, uh, I, I feel like uh, I feel like his psychiatry, like for the actor, you can get even meta and be like, this actor is now fucked up. And then you can basically make another Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, where the, most of the movie is all all in the psychiatrist's office until he snaps and starts killing people in the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. yeah. I think we just made a movie, guys. Yeah. Get Larry Cohen on the phone. I know. Uh... Uh, <laughs> he, passed away, he passed away a few years ago. Oh, did he? Yeah. 2019, he... yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Rest in peace. I, I, I feel bad now. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about that, Steve? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. I was not in the know about Larry Cohen's passing. That's that's sad. It's I mean, not it a live three. No, he's uh, he, he's very iconic to independent film and very, oh, uh, sure. you know, he was so pivotal in that. That it's like, say what you will about the movies. The guy was insanely impactful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk yeah. about some other Larry Cohen movies later with the, um, the uh, Maniac Cop franchise. And, like, yes. oh, man, Cohen's he's... just, he's just great. Like, he's just, you could tell he was the kind of guy that probably had, like, a little bit too much money and probably was like, I'm going to make movies my way. And just, yeah, like, the movies he made, like, they're, some of them are not great, but, like, oh, there's just so much fun. And like, yeah. I mean, he was a pretty solid writer, I think. Yeah. Like, I, a personal favorite of mine is uh, actually Phone Booth, is a movie I've always really oh, liked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's also one of uh, Schumacher's better films. But, um, yeah, it gets yeah. blocked down for sure. People don't talk about it enough. I really don't think they do. And I, I think Larry Cohen's take on that, because I think I remember hearing somewhere that that movie was supposed to be shot by Hitchcock at one point, like years and years ago. Like, it had been in development hell for that long. But uh, Larry Cohen eventually uh, wrote the final script. I, I mean, I always found him to be a good writer, and I think some of that really shows in uh, in the stuff as well, especially when you consider he was going for a satirical comedy. Yeah, and he, I think he nails it. Uh, it it's funny, because I think that um, there's just, like, this comedy edge that runs through all of his films. And uh, I, I think that you can put Cohen on the same kind of pedestal as Roger Corman has been on. Um, they're, yeah. They're, they're very relatable. I could absolutely uh, uh, agree to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there, there's something about their films, and and I mean, I definitely have to say something about uh, Larry Cohen's dedication to Michael Moriarty, who he considered the greatest actor on the planet. I mean, yeah, I don't disagree. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, in, in the queue, and we're gonna talk about it in in the queue. But him scatting on the piano, you're like, what is? going on here was this his choice on the film or did larry cohen's just like no we want you to scat michael it's like oh i can do that actually yeah like someone well we well i know michael moriarty doesn't act anymore but someone needs to go to maple ridge and like convince that dude to like do a sequel to the stuff yes let's do another yeah and i was thinking when i was watching it it would and it seems like very off but it would have make a really good pairing with RoboCop, just in its yeah. satire. I could, I could see that. I was thinking uh, they live. Yes, or they live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be a really good, like a triple feature. They share a lot of thematic uh, qualities there. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
so what was the first time we all watched this movie? Well, let's start with Kevin. What was the first time you watched this? Yeah. Uh, okay, I watched it after watching In Search of Darkness, but uh, full discretion, um, I was very stoned. <laughs> and this time around, I was uh, watching it again thoroughly, because I am a Larry Cohen fan. St the stuff was just something I hadn't gotten around to seeing for most of my life. Um, so I watched it again. So I, I, I would actually go as far as to say yesterday when I was watching it again was probably the first time I watched it with like a conscious mind. <laughs> probably a bigger answer than you're expecting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I would say I, th I watched it, I think is probably mid 2000s and i think it was after i saw a screenshot of the the cleavon little um uh transformation scene in the end where he spits up the which is such a because uh, what's his name chocolate chip something yeah uh chocolate chip charlie Ch yeah chocolate chip charlie when he when he has his scene at the end because i was just like i just saw like the big mouth um screenshot i'm like what is that and i obviously knew who larry cohen was by that point because i'd seen the it's alive movies mm -hmm. and i was like i gotta watch this movie and it's i i did not expect it to be as funny as it was and i really should have because the it's alive movies don't ever shy away from being comedic no um yeah yeah but uh yeah i i I mean, it, it it's rough and corny in 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 parts for sure, um, but it's still entertaining as all hell. And and on the rewatch, it didn't lose any steam in how entertaining it is. I I think I I still think it's still massively entertaining, but I think it's better to watch with a bunch of people that are kind of riffing on it the whole movie because it it very much is a riff track movie. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, I yeah. mean. Greatest kill, spoiler for me, is Garrett Morris in this movie. But yes. Oh, too, sorry, it's Garrett Morris, not Cleavon Little. Sorry. Yeah, Garrett yes. Morris. Uh, yeah. But, like, it's also one of the most laughable scenes in the entire movie because, like, just how like <laughs> huge his jaw gets. I'm like, what is going on? It um, doesn't make sense in storyline for that to happen either. In my in my in 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 the progression of the story, it's like what. Yeah. Like, there, there's such thing as being like having red herrings hanging, but there's nothing that would lead you to ever think that Chocolate Chip Charlie is, is in cahoots with the stuff. I mean, until you consider uh, that the movie was initially 40 minutes longer or something like that, right? Because it's only an hour 20 something. When uh, it was apparently, yeah. Uh, Larry Cohen has uh, said before that the original cut was much longer, and he says, uh, denser and more sophisticated was the way he put it. Holy shit. So that's, I, I feel like, and apparently, I, I was actually looking this up on Wikipedia, apparently that lost cut was supposedly found last year. Really? Yeah. So we Ooh. might have an extended version of the stuff on the way for us. Who did amazing. the pressing of the stuff? Was it Arrow? Uh, I have or no Or is it idea. Shout? It's going to be um, one of the two, right? Yeah, it'd have to be. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I mean, I think, I think... I think Scream Factory's released the stuff since then, so probably shout. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I would rewatch that, though. There yeah. A longer cut. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. I'd definitely be interested in a longer cut. Which I would have to say, because some of the editing in this just seemed odd, I, I found. Even by the yeah. standards of the era. Like, I, yeah. uh, I, I found some of the cuts to be very strange. Some of the stuff you could find was uh, scenes that clearly had to be, you know, Quicker, quicker. I think the one that got for me was when he was um, interrogating that dude inside of his house. Can't remember his name for life of me right now, but he was the administration in the FDA. 
Bro, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's that scene where he walks away, and any other movie, you'd wait maybe a moment or two, of, uh, a beat or two before this, but at, like, the moment he's walking away, you already have uh, Mo looking at the dog saying, why is your owner scared of you? <laughs> That's and a good like, impression. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, like, I, I feel like when I see stuff like that, that's to me, results of the mercy of the studio at the time, New World, uh, who, even at the time, are already kind of miffed because they were sold this as a horror film. Yeah. 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 So. Weird. So. You know, it's I see stuff like that and it feels like kind of relics of that, uh, of that crush, you know? Yeah. Oh, well, for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. All right, Kurt. Give, throw it on us. What's your first, what was your uh, first time? First time I watched this was during a Joe Bob episode. So, like, <laughs> a couple years ago. And, uh, yeah, I mean, anytime you watch a movie with Joe Bob, you end up respecting it probably more than you need to or should, but I was like, because hey. he, he's a fan of it, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's yeah. a big or Harry he, Cohen fan. Like just, that's what I thought. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, that's, that's hilarious. Yeah. So yeah, I watched it on there and I was like, uh, yeah, I, I, I dig this movie. I mean, it it really is absurd and i think sometimes the movie doesn't quite know what it wants to be but i don't, at the same time i'm like man it, it's just so ambitious beyond probably what it should be but i i just i love this movie it's so much fun do you think that that cohen was a was more of a wider genre thinker but always just had a, a foot in the door of horror for everything he did I think so. Yeah. 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 Also, too, like, I mean, especially during the 80s. I mean, still is relatively the case now, but, like, horror was always relatively inexpensive, but also, like... True. Probably the most potential for profit for out of any genre. Like, you can make a cheap drama or a cheap comedy, but if you make a cheap horror movie, it could still actually probably make you more money back than any other genre possibly could. So I think he probably did that because he's he knew like, you know what? If I keep this foot in horror, like that's probably going to be profitable for me. And I think for the most part that was right. I mean, he had a few bombs, and I think some movies just never quite landed. But I think for I the mean, most part, stuff was one of those movies. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's but, one of those ones that got its cult following after. Because I always remember, even as a kid in the VHS days in the store, seeing the cover. Because they've never changed that cover. No. Which is, I, is never a shot in any of the in any in, in in the movie whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> but it closest was always one that, that haunted me. A, yeah, the closest one you have to that is uh, um, Chocolate Chip's Death. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of <laughs> lean into that. And there yeah. is like there is what there has to be four or five different dummies of of. Uh, of Garrett Morris in that scene, right? Oh, I, I 100% believe that, like, three-quarters of the budget of this movie was spent on the last act. Was, yeah, <laughs> on that scene. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. It's, <laughs> but it's not like the uh, the Cue the Winged Serpent one where they started firing guns on the set and they didn't have permits, and all of a sudden the cops are, the sirens are in the background. <laughs> 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 That's where they spend the money. You guys are really going to get me to rewatch Q, aren't you? I think so, yeah. 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 It's on YouTube. Oh, there you go. It was very easy to find. Like, yeah. I literally just put it on YouTube. I thought um, I was, was going to have to spend two bucks on it, but uh, then it was all on YouTube. So I'm like, oh, free? Okay. 
And you know what? Part of me thinks Larry Cohen probably knows it's on YouTube, and he probably just doesn't care. He's probably just like, ah, eh, mm-hmm. watch it. Um, yeah, we got a couple emails. Uh, one's from Henry, who says, this movie is fucking terrible, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't say that it's, it's, it's like, a great... Like I, I don't I wouldn't say that it has broad appeal is what I would say. Yeah. I, I think it's got a focused um it, it it's got a focused niche to it. Um you kinda have to know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think people just throw on the stuff. That's just well unless I mean, they've already seen it. Yeah, like it's not it's not the sort of movie. It's definitely age, you know, visually not greatly not great, but it's like I also think it's one of those movies that a lot of people would lump it in with movies like Sharknado for some for some reason, right? Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. not. It's not. It's just it's an '80s B satirical comedy, so it's kind of a hard sell, I would think, to some people, to a lot of people. Yeah, I think that's also why it's like a bit more of a cult following now, because I think when that movie came out, like probably people didn't know what to make of it, like this idea of uh, it being this thing of oh well, it's. It's kind of a satirical comedy. It's kind of a horror. Like, I think when it got sold, it was sold as a horror movie, like, totally glossing over the satirical comedy elements of it. So. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, and, I mean, that's, that, I mean, that also happened to quite a few movies of the era, too. It happened to uh, Nightbreed, as well, was very, uh very much advertised differently. It's just some studios, I think, at the time, they horror was kind of getting the same name that, like, you know, a superhero movies had started getting in the last 10 years. I'm a huge mm-hmm. fan of the MCU, so I'm not knocking them, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. they started being seen as bargaining material, and you started finding a lot of these studios trying to cater to that with movies that maybe are a little bit different because they're also more popular. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That's what I found. I kind of found, or not found, find. <laughs> but uh, this, I feel like with movies like this, and I brought up Nightbreed as another example of, uh, yeah, studios really trying to sell something as not what it is. I guess they didn't have a lot of faith in it if it wasn't pure slasher. Yeah. Yeah. I even think we, we said that when we covered Nightbreed on this on this show is, like, this movie is not what it's set up to be. No. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's com- completely... The trailer is completely different. And, like, yeah. even... Uh, I, I mean, I feel like, especially with something like Nightbreed, that somebody takes something different of what's memorable from that, and it's definitely nothing that ever appeared in the trailer. No. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think with this movie, too, like, yeah, I, I think people, even though it's dated for sure, like, give it a watch. I think even if you don't like the idea of what is it that they're trying to do doesn't fully come across. Like, I think you'd get enough of it that it's still pretty enjoyable. Like, mm-hmm. I, I was thinking this as I was watching, I was like, I wonder if somebody in tw- yeah, 2022 starts watching this movie, like, what are they going to think of it? And I think most people would pick up on the satirical stuff, whereas I think in the 80s, like, stuff like that was not as common as it is now. No. Well, and that, um, the I mean, the consumerism at, at that height still fucking exists. So it's still, oh, yeah. ha- it's still the satire still hits the same in that degree. I think. I mean, even that 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 model the the model scene, where they're they're filming that thing and all of a sudden Mo shows up and like disrupts it and everything. Sir, you can't be in here. Yeah. Like that whole scene is like, yeah, that's kind of that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then uh, we got one other email here from Josh. It says, considering how people nowadays are so into watching what they eat, I feel like this movie would do well with the vegan and gluten-free crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just swap out the stuff for Impossible Burgers or whatever. Yeah. Or, That's or an just... easy premise to adapt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Or even just be like, yeah, you're right. Everything that you eat, this, there's problems with it. This is exactly why. Like, Yeah. Like, yeah, th- this would just totally validate, like, a vegan or gluten-free person's, like, mindset of, like, yeah, this is why I eat what I eat, because I could turn into a zombie and implode from the inside. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the end game. That's what's the fucking weirdest thing. Is the end game is just for the host body to just implode and spew it out yeah. and then go into the next body. Like, there's yeah, like, no... Actually, make clear what the need is for them, right? Like they never yeah. make clear what they're supposed. Especially since it's supposed to be some sort of alien primordial ooze, I guess, right? Because it's yeah. supposed to have been hidden within the Earth for millennia or whatever. It's almost it almost has that Spielberg's War of the Worlds quality to it, where like yeah. this evil has been hidden under the Earth for since the since the dawn of man and all this kind of stuff but like it really has no end game other than to move host to host and to hollow them out i guess yeah there's not it's almost like the stuff is the equivalent of an internet troll where it's just like it's just doing <laughs> shit to fuck shit up like it doesn't care yeah. <laughs> i was I just to see where someone's like we're communicating with the stuff it's able to tell us what it what it's really wanting to do and it's just it's like i'm here to fuck shit up like okay fine <laughs> i just want to chill in your body for a bit yeah i want to secretly become more popular than michael jackson apparently so <laughs> um what? oh go ahead one thing i found in this movie i just want to say like one thing i found interesting is uh the scene where jason's just destroying all of the containers of the stuff <laughs> in the grocery store uh, first off, pause that movie. He's smiling so hard. This kid is having the time of his life shooting this scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, I'm just like, as you're watching the grocery store workers seeing this kid hit all uh, hit all the stuff over, it's like, oh no. And they wait a very long time, which was very strange to me because this was the era where you could hit kids. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I was a little surprised that he was getting away with this as long as he was throughout many aisles. Like, did that not come across as odd to anybody? Yeah, I yeah. know, right? There weren't like somebody slapped that kid. Yeah, I wanted something to like just take and like toss them into a paper towel display or something. Just like, like <laughs> right, we're done. You so know, there's one right there. What I love yeah. too is that the guy who finally jumps in the way of anything, he doesn't jump in the way of the kid. He doesn't jump in the way of the the stuff that's already that's still standing. He jumps on top of the stuff that's already been knocked over. <laughs> <laughs> like that's just amazing. Yeah. Oh my god. Um. There, there's a lot of funny bits like that in this movie. Like pretty much any line that came out, Chocolate Chip Wilson or Chocolate Chip uh, Charlie, right? Those yeah. Are lines, yeah. Oh my god! Wow. I, how many times do I have to tell you my hands are registered lethal weapons? <laughs> <laughs> I mean that does segues great into uh, our favorite line from the movie. But I mean, I don't disagree. I think Chocolate Chip had probably like the best stuff in this entire movie. I mean, Michael Moriarty is good as he is he's not cue the wing servant levels of insane like he was a little more subdued no. in this um, yeah, to a degree his his opening scene 
is a little batshit when he's basically like pointing at everybody in the room, you know what I mean? Going through and that Mo line is fucking nuts. Yeah. Cause I always want Mo. He says that what? Like three times in the movie. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's gotta his, be like, more than his three. Catchphrase. Yeah. I, it's gotta be more than three. Like I swear I was so sick of hearing that line. Just like, yeah. Cause I want Mo. Sick of us uh, hearing the stuff theme song. Over oh throughout the movie. It's like, you can tell they said to themselves, no, 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 we paid to get this produced. We are yeah. using it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was a for sure Larry Cohen and being like, you're getting our bang for our buck. Yeah. <laughs> like, you could tell Larry Cohen came up with that joke and he's like, yep. copied and pasted it or whatever the equivalent was in the 80s and just put it like five times in the script. He's like, yeah, let's right? just keep repeating that. The producer <laughs> and the editor is like, I mean, dude, it's not that funny. I mean, it's... yeah. It, it had its moment, but this is like the eighth time I'm cutting around it. God, come on, man. <laughs> there was a really funny line where Mo says, you're Chocolate Chip Charlie. And then Chocolate Chip says, well, I sure as hell ate the Kentucky Colonel. <laughs> I just thought that was so stupid. <laughs> oh, my God. What was the other one he had? He was like, the only thing, Charlie Ch- or the only thing Chocolate Chip Charlie knows better than fighting is running. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Amazing. And I mean, this is a time, I believe this is during a time where Garrett Morris was blacklisted from Hollywood because Lorne Michaels basically when when uh, when Garrett pushed back against the basically playing stereotypical and racist characters on Saturday Night Live, he was blacklisted by Lorne Michaels. So oh, nobody would here. hire him. Oh yeah, for 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 decades, no one would hire him, except for like a few people would take chances on him, and like it would never be in anything that would elevate him. I mean, obviously the directors wanted their picture to be elevated, but it just never yeah. worked out in that sense. But yeah, the stuff was made during a time where nobody was employing Garrett Morris. That's really upsetting to find out about Lorne Michaels. Yeah. Oh, he Lorne. There, there's so many. Not not even like skeletons in the closet, like things that are just out on Front Street that just get glossed over when it comes to Lord Michaels. It's very sad. Yeah. Oh my God. All right. Huh. Um, best performance in this movie. Moriarty. As oh. crazy as he is, it's yeah. He's dedicated in that role. Yeah. I, I can't I can't see anybody else that gives it they're all like him. And I'm not taking a shit on Jason, but like Kevin says, he has two looks in the entire movie, but he's a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, the thing with Moriarty too, and I, I am Daniel Craig <laughs> as Benoit Blanc in Knives Out had to have taken inspiration for Moriarty <laughs> in this, right? I can't wait to hear this connection. <laughs> like, I mean, uh, so, someone's got to ask, um, what's his name? Daniel, um, Fuck, I forget his name. Daniel Jim, Craig? Craig, yeah. I, I wanted to say something else for some reason. Someone's got to ask him now. Like, did you base this off Mike Moriarty and the stuff? And he'll be like, what? <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough, yeah. I, I, that's quite a leap, I guess. But uh, I would love that, though. He's just like, or he could equally just be like, oh, yeah, of course. I didn't think anyone would pick up on that except for <laughs> five people in this earth. Yeah. Uh, best performance, though. I mean, Moriarty's Moriarty's uh, really dedicated to the whole thing. I mean, Garrett Morris, of course, same deal. He's very dedicated to his exact sort of character he is. Weirdly enough, I want to actually highlight, though, um, Jason's dad, actually. I was very impressed with Jason's dad. He kind of had this, like, sinister feel going on the entire time. 
Yeah, there was one scene where he was where they were all when they were all sitting in the um, they were when they were all sitting in the uh, the living room there, and they're trying to convince him to to eat the stuff. Yeah, and there's just a like a close up on his face, and he's like so like eat like regular 80s horror movie dad but at the same time like this sinister creepiness that remind me of that um that bob balaban movie parents with uh yes randy quaid yeah yeah um and it's also weird that the the brother is uh brian bloom who is he's been in he's been in so much so many action movies and stuff like that recently like he was one of the he's like um patrick uh, wilson's right hand man in the a-team movie oh no way yeah there's just like a shitload of things because i'm like that kid looks so fucking familiar so (laughs) there's so many people that uh, paul servino's in this movie danny aiello's in this movie yeah there's yeah. just like random people that pop up, like very early roles from them. Man, Paul Servino's character—you could tell Larry Cohen had a grudge with someone. <laughs> oh, for sure. And there's another thing where it feels like there's a lot missing, because there's a lot to Spears that Spears might be one of the better performances of the movie, but we don't see him for very, very much at all. No. No, and the times you do see him, it's uh, you know, he's playing a character. Yeah, he's absolutely. playing a character of the era. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. The military complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, best kill. There's not a whole lot of kills in this movie. I mean, no. The one that I Extra- go to is chocolate chip. Chocolate chip's really good. I also like that rando that runs in to the room with the stuff and gets pasted to the wall. <laughs> and then they set the room on fire. Yeah, the one that uh, they actually shot that in the same room as uh, Johnny Depp's bedroom from Nightmare on Elm Street. I could tell that they were doing something. Yeah, because that, yeah. that that's that that's the the reverse shot, basically yeah. having everything crawl up the wall and stuff. Like it's 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 a very impressive scene to be honest. Um, oh, absolutely. And and then I, I love the fire coming, and I love the other real screaming. As the yeah. stuff is burning, like I'm like, why does it have noise? Yeah. <laughs> There's oh, been gosh. no indication of the stuff ever being vocal at all. Even when the when Jason sees it moving in the fridge, it doesn't. It's not like wee. Like there's nothing to it. So I'm like, why is it <laughs> screaming while it's on fire? Is that like the hive mind or something? Also, I have to ask about the stuff too about the timeline of this movie. So from the time they first discover the stuff. To the time where, to the moment where it becomes like a huge sensation across America, that's it can be assumed to be like four or five months, right? Yeah. So, yeah. has Jason seriously never eaten the stuff in that time? You would think that they would be pushing him like every day. Yeah. Well, he tells him later on that stuff he, today. He tells him later on that you know he can eat his stuff and then he'll be back in the family. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a fucking weird condition to be back in the family. You eat this like ice cream and uh you're back in the family we won't yeah you as, your, as our child like, until like, then you out yeah <laughs> no i like Ridiculous. like because yeah like would he have like he must have tried it like even like you know back in the day when he would go to the grocery stores they'd have little samples of things to try like you're telling me there wasn't like a little sample of the stuff that he tried that time like I don't yeah know. yeah that's that's kind of one of the only 
aspects that kind of confused me. In this, in this movie, that was the aspect that confused me. But, uh, um, yeah. Man, best, best death, though. I actually was pretty, uh, I was, uh, like you said, there wasn't a lot of deaths in this movie. Um, I'm going to go with, actually, the scene where uh, all of the host bodies are dead. I know it kind of it's a bit of a cheat answer, but the scene where all the host bodies are dead. Just for Paul Servino's line of, uh, of uh, you cheated me, you commie bastards. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like, the, you guys already mentioned chocolate chip, and I don't want to piggyback on that, so I'm going to go with that one. I mean, there's nothing wrong with piggybacking off that chocolate chip, though, because that is <laughs> just so fantastic. It's legitimately great. Yeah, like, it's it's fucking insane. Like, yeah, I don't know how much of the budget went into that death, but it was probably a good portion of it. Um, yeah, yeah dumbest decision. I think Steve's got this on lock. You mentioned yeah. this already, Steve. Yeah, it's just putting the goo in his mouth in the beginning and just be like, "This is delicious. Yeah. Taste this ground goo, guy. Hey, friend, you want to taste this stuff I found on the ground? It's pure white." Yeah. Well. Yeah. This is definitely not cum. <laughs> hey, sure, I, I've had come, trust me. <laughs> even, even then, I still would have some questions, but uh... at least you know it's not that. You, got, you, you rock up, you walk up to your coworker, he turns around, he's just got a mouthful of white shit that he's pulling off the floor. Like, um, do you want to go home, Jim? You look like you need to go home. Jimmy, have you been, not been eating in a while? Like, are you okay? Like, what is going on? Yeah. Ugh love it um yeah also too i don't think it was necessarily a dumb decision but i did think it was pretty hilarious that like the end of the movie they punished them by making them eat it and i'm like this is like the equivalent of like taking like crack to a to a drug addict and being like here take this like yeah this is your well, they're like ravenous for it by the end of that scene right yeah. they're yeah. like like he's like picking up like containers off the floor and like <laughs> like, oh, oh, that's kind of is there something here still? It. Yeah, it's so fucking weird. Yeah, that's literally yeah, it was weird. strange. Oh, but that's also another scene too that I feel like because um, it went right from them having one open. The next shot was them uh, having all of them open. It's another moment where I feel like he probably had more of a montage of them eating that in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah, exactly. That was just something like that. Um, dumbest decision in the movie uh, for me is a tie between two things. Um, it would be a tie between. Jason not taking the container of the stuff with him that was just shaving cream when he left. Oh, yeah, yep. And, uh, you know, a decorated colonel, uh, a decorated colonel listening to a random guy who just came into his building uh, (laughs) to do a complete raid on on an area. I just, yeah, with, like, no hesitation whatsoever. Yeah. Let's just do this. I want to shoot some stuff. (laughs) I mean, as he did say himself, people don't like him because he was the biggest, smartest, toughest... Uh, guy around. <laughs> yeah. And did they just blast through their decoy? Like that tr- that truck driver? I think they may have. They yeah. just just blasted right through him to hit the other guy. I'm like, <laughs> did he know that he was like like such like such complete fodder as a decoy? Yeah. Yeah. And also on the topic of deaths, who was it that had their... Uh, who was it again who had their tr- uh, truck ran over their leg at the end and oh. their head exploded? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, that was pretty fantastic. Obviously. That was pretty amazing. Again, he yeah. was hollow. Yeah. <laughs> Which is unfortunate because, uh, you know, some people love the sight of blood, but that's just gross. 
Yeah. <laughs> the quotes in this movie were endless. I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everything about this movie is just, like, way too absurd in the best way possible. Um, yeah. Cool. I think it's time to rate this movie. What's everyone thinking for a score? Usually we score it out of 10. 10. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with an 8. This movie's fun. I, I would have liked to have watched it because my wife was in and out of watching it, and she's not a horror fan at all. So some stuff worked for it. Other stuff she was like, yeah, I don't like this. Um, but yeah, I it, I it, it it's still a fun movie. Definitely a movie to watch at like the Rio or something like that. Like it's a crowd movie, I think. Oh, yeah. You ever got like a chance to yeah watch this at the Rio? It'd be so much fun. Yeah, I, I figured this would be a lot of fun at the Rio. Yeah, I absolutely would be. What do you yeah. think for a score, Kevin? Well, okay, so I'm gonna call it an uh, eight point five uh, out of eight point five out of ten, and I have reasons for this. First of all, I'm just, it's unfortunate that your wife didn't uh, didn't enjoy it. My uh, my partner loved it, um, but. Uh, Eight point five out of ten. I think that it's it's a lot of fun. I think it uh it did it tried to do a lot of things with its budget. You know, some some not every swing hit, but I think the ambition behind it speaks volumes. And plus, Larry Cohen has a lot of views clearly on consumerism and capitalism of this time that was not very uh, popular to talk about during the Reagan era. And it's just like and to do a movie like this that's trying to entertain as well as trying to say, hey everyone, we need to cut things down. We got to stop. We got to stop uh, taking stuff from the earth. We got to stop. You know. Uh, feeding to consumerism, I think it's interesting because, you know, horror has always done best, in my mind at least, when it actually has um, something it's trying to tell. Jordan Peele obviously has been making a career off of that now. And I feel Larry Cohen was doing things at this time that maybe are not getting recognized to this day the way they should be and the way that they led to uh, you know, environmental thrillers, stuff like that. I feel like there's a lot more connection there than people might be thinking, but I think the movie's mm -hmm. actually a little ahead of its time, quite honestly, I think. Yeah, Yeah, I would agree with that. So eight and a half. Uh, I'll give this an eight out of ten. I do really like this movie. Uh, yeah, I like. I do feel like there's points where things get a little too truncated. You could tell like they heavily edited a lot out, but uh, still, I mean, for what's there, it's still great. Um, also, too, I was going through the credits and I realized there was a lot of people that were like in this movie that were like just weird little people like Patrick Dempsey is in this movie as what? A, as a as someone buying the stuff and then like Mira Servino was a factory worker which makes sense because yeah yeah her Aww. dad was in this but it's just like man there's like a, there's like some people in this that you like you don't even recognize but you know now you're like oh yeah of course Patrick Dempsey you know what is his character on Grey's Anatomy it's like Mr. Dreamy uh, Mc, McDreamy yeah yeah that's all I know. <laughs> I just know the nickname. Yeah, I didn't even know that. I just I know he's in Grey's Anatomy, and that's that's where it ends I, for me. I thought Grey's Anatomy was uh, McSteamy. I thought McDreamy was from the other one. No, that was the other guy. There's oh. Eric Dade, who's on Euphoria now. Oh, okay. Yes. So he's still McSteamy. Got it. Pretty much, yep. Yeah. yeah, he's done. He's done <laughs> a good dude in that show. <laughs> Is anybody? Euphoria. I haven't seen the show. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I think everyone's <laughs> on, on on a on a thin line of being terrible. Yeah, I was gonna say on uh, Euphoria, he's uh, mixed psychopath. Yeah, mixed psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, cool. Well, Kevin, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I'm on Twitter, um, twitter.com/slash/reallivekevbot. Uh, 
I have a feature film currently submitted out to film festivals, so you might be hearing some stuff about that in the next little bit. Once we start getting into stuff, we'll be doing a promo for that. So, yeah, nice. that's where you can find me on Twitter. Nice. Steve, and Instagram, too. KevBot1000 on Instagram. Nice. <laughs> KevBot1000. All right. Uh, Steve, All right. Where can yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at the Steve Dead. Uh, you can also find uh, my website, stevestebbing.com. Uh, and I'm on Letterboxd as well if you want to see uh, my ratings on, on films that I've just checked out recently, which include uh, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which I fucking loved, The Northman, oh, which I also fucking loved, uh, Memory, <laughs> which is uh, a little bit better than a standard shitty Liam Neeson movie, and I have to credit okay, that to Martin Campbell. It's an, it's an action movie where the lead has... Alzheimer's. How is that not the dumbest, Wait, greatest idea ever? It's it, but it, the thing is, is Le Liam Neeson is always the same character with just a little bit different nuance each for yeah. each film. I will like, say, except for in the Gray. Oh, you know the Gray is fucking wicked. Anytime that he works with Carnahan, it fucking works. A hundred percent. Yeah, it absolutely works. Um, but I, I, Neeson needs to fucking space out his work more, or fucking at least take a little change in his stuff. That guy's and, having a good time, and he's doing it yeah, for reasons. Geriatric action it seems to be working for him. But this one also had Guy Pierce, uh, who I love. But man, you just gotta punch up that script more because some of those lines are just fucking cringe. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, I'm on the shift with Shane Hewitt every Thursday, 11 p.m. Pacific time across Canada. And uh, yeah, that's about it. And you know, in memory, it doesn't have the the ice road levels. Kelly <laughs> Gertie fifty times during the movie. Oh yeah, Gertie. <laughs> Gertie. Who who the fuck was his brother in that one too? I, I can't I remember. So many fucking. Oh, Although fucking hilarious, he was like he was like part mentally handicapped or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but he yes. knew how to fix things. So that in the right, end, that's why he had, and that was the only reason that he was there. Yeah. Oh, uh, an actor named Marcus Thomas played Gertie. <laughs> and uh, it's pretty much the most famous movie he's been in. Yeah, I would say Gertie. Oh, God. Oh, uh, actually, would I be able to just uh, say one more thing about yeah. uh, with Instagram? I just want to point out, uh, if anybody does want to follow um, our independent film and its festival path, uh, Guiltless.movie is the Instagram for it. Awesome. Beauty. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm over at 3 greeners.com. We've got stuff going up pretty much all the time. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think there's not much to review right now because everyone's clearing out a path for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, mm -hmm. which is totally fair. Uh, but that's made this week for reviews very boring. So, <laughs> no... Yeah, no doubt. Oh, have you guys watched Severance? <laughs> oh, the series? Yes. Yeah. I, I blew through okay. all of it before it came out, and I loved it. It's so oh, my God. So good. Um, Such an incredible series. Yeah. I uh, I will say, I did see The Bad Guys, and I was really looking forward to that. I don't think I've been disappointed by a movie in a long time like I was with that. Like, Really? Yeah. I was like, uh, I'm looking forward to The Bad Guys. Like, I got like the voice cast. I like the style of it. And I went and saw it. And, and pretty much all the cool stuff happens in the opening sequence, and then it just goes downhill. Like, it gets yeah. so boring and dull. And I was so disappointed. I'm still, to this day, like, if someone says the bad guys, I just, like, deep sigh. I'm like, it could have been great. 
but uh, yeah, uh, my my kid loved it, but she likes the books a lot, and she was actually spoiling the movie for me as I was watching it, like giving <laughs> away the reveals and stuff. I'm like, ah, oh, she really is my kid. <laughs> and uh, Steve, you just saw the Northman, you said, right? Yeah, I did. I saw it on uh, last weekend, and I fucking loved it. Yeah, I think that's. I think I'm gonna see that this week. Yeah, it's it's fucking wicked. There's so many good original films in theaters right now. People should be seeing them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and also plug to uh, I do writing over at that hashtag show where uh, every week I do predictions for what Joe Bob's gonna show on his last drive-in, and then I do a review with each episode. So right now there is currently up a predictions for the episode that aired on Friday, which I got one out of two cr- uh, predictions correct. I should say so. That was pretty nice. Good. Yeah. Uh, and then reviews going up shortly for that. So go check that out. That hashtag show. There's some cool stuff going on there. And uh, yeah. Oh, also Taylor gave this movie six out of 10. Oh, I I can't wait to, to ask her about that. I was just, I just saw on uh, letterbox that she gave it six out of 10. So <laughs> there we go. Okay. Well, until next time, everybody. Bye for now.